feel God stirring. I can't wait to get into this message. I just want to pray really quickly. Father, thank you so much for what you're doing in this house, for what you're doing in this hour. Thank you for your exceeding great and precious promises that are over our lives right now. All of us being covenanted sons and daughters of you, the most high God, the creators of heaven and the earth, the creator of heaven and the earth, God. And we are benefactors of your goodness, benefactors of your love, benefactors of your mercy, benefactors of those promises, and we thank you, God. And God, your word declares that when two or three gather together in your name, your word says, there I am. If there was ever any question about where you are, you're in the midst of those who love you, those who call on you when they come together. And we thank you, God, that prayers are going to get answered today. We thank you, God, that miracles are going to take place today. We thank you, God, that you're going to touch us in a way that only you can touch us. We love you. We thank you. Do great things in our midst today. From Colorado to California to all around the world, move on our behalf. We thank you that you're not a silent God. You're a God who speaks. And when you speak, things move. And when you speak, things shift. And you're going to speak in this house today. You're going to speak in our midst today. You're going to lift up the bowed down head. Yes, you are. Oh, I thank you for what you're going to do. We thank you for your word. May it inspire us, feed us, lift us up, and fill us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Do me a favor. Just greet somebody before you take your seat. Just bless them in the name of the Lord. Say, God bless you. So glad you're here. You're in the right place. Hallelujah. Oh, God's going to move. God's going to move. There's no place I'd rather be than right here in the house of God. If you're watching via live stream, I thank you that you're, you're making your home God's home. Hallelujah. He's right there with you. You know what? I had you sit, but I'm going to have you get back up. I haven't been here in a couple weeks. Come on, somebody's um, I gotta find my footing again. Got you up and down and up and down. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy, the first chapter. We're gonna read a few verses therein. Second Timothy chapter one, verse five through seven. And the apostle, the apostle Paul writes to his protege, Timothy, these words. He says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. It's a generational thing. He says, and I am persuaded it's in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He says, I'm convinced that there's something in you. And it didn't start with you. It was in your mother. 
it was in your grandmother and I might if I were to embellish a little bit and it was in your great-grandmother and your great-great-grandfather and your great-great-great-grandfather all the way back up to the Lord himself there's something in you that's been passed down to you and I need I feel the Spirit of God I need you to know that it's in there I need you to know that it's in you and and you're gonna have to stir it up oh I feel God I can't wait to preach this thing you're gonna have to stir it up from time to time because life's gonna hit you with some stuff life's gonna throw some things at you and those things are gonna make you wonder and those things are gonna make you question whether or not you've got what it takes to make it and I believe that my job and my assignment is much like the Apostle Paul's assignment when he was ministering to Timothy and that is to let you know what's in you put your hand on your belly right now real quick there's something in you <laughs> I feel God in fact everything you need is in you and so God as we release this word today I thank you that there's gonna be a stirring that will cause us to show up in this life differently in Jesus name Amen, amen, amen. All right, y'all can sit back down now. Y'all can sit back down. As I was perusing the scripture, thinking about what God would have me to share with you today, if you've been here for any length of time, you know that, that I don't necessarily do sermons. I... I, I, I I try to walk in an Issachar anointing, and an Issachar anointing has to do with those who understand times and seasons and what the people of God ought to do. Because life is all about times and seasons, and there is a response to every time and every season. In other words, you don't do in a go season what you're supposed to do in a stay season. You don't do in an embrace season what you are supposed to do in a letting go season. And so there are times and seasons, and, and I believe that, that God wants his people to live accurately. He doesn't want us to live randomly. He doesn't want us to live without instruction or without promptings of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know when to move, when not to move, how to move. Are you tracking with me? And so as I was praying about this season, God, what, what season are we in? And and, and Lord, what, what from your word, what from the scripture can, can, I, can, I, can I use as, as a tool to align your sons and daughters so that they can be equipped and inspired in this season? This passage of scripture came up. And quite frankly, what I was thinking about was God not giving us the spirit of fear, but love and power and a sound mind. But as I begin to read the context, what moved me even more is what he said to Timothy leading up to that. And what he is doing is he is affirming Timothy in what was in him, which lets me know that there will be times and seasons in our lives where we will need to be reminded of what God himself has deposited in us. Many of you have been coming to church for a long time. You've been reading books. You've been praying. You've been walking with God, some for long periods, some for short periods. But I want you to understand that if you have been walking with God for one day, God has made a deposit in your life. 
Every time you hear a word from God, it is a deposit in your life. Every time you experience something from God, it is a deposit in your life. God is not bringing you to gatherings like this, to meetings like this, to stroke your ego. He is not doing it simply to inspire you. God is depositing things in you. Every time you gather in the house of God, every time you pray, every time you sing a song, God's idea in all of that is to put things in you because life is going to make a demand. And so, so I believe my assignment today, much like what Paul's assignment was when he wrote this, was to let you know that you got something. That you're not by yourself. That you're not ill-equipped. That everything you need for the moment that you are in, God has already placed on the inside of you. Sometimes it just has to be stirred up. Are you tracking with me? If you know you got something in me, say, I've got something in me. Feel that. Church is about deposits. You're like, oh, I get inspired. Yeah, that's wonderful. But, but, but it is not for inspiration. It is for impartation. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. This whole environment is to put something in you. So that when life makes a demand on it, you've got something to give. You can stand up. You're stronger than you think. You're wiser than you. I feel God. You're wiser than you think. You're more powerful than you think, and you've got what it takes not only to survive, but to thrive in every season. Are you tracking with me? And this gift that he's talking about, he says, when I call to remembrance a genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift. So he's talking about a gift. He's talking about there is something in you that God has given to you that has to be stirred up. What is the gift? It is the gift of faith. He's talking about faith. And, and faith is everything. The greatest gift that we've been given in life is faith. If you study Hebrews chapter 11, and it's one of my favorite chapters in, in the whole of Scripture, it talks about how with, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Why is it impossible to please God if you don't have faith? Why is it impossible? Because you can never be who you are without faith. Everything that you are called to be, that you are called to accomplish, and you are called to give to life necessitates your faith. There's a passage in scripture, actually it's written a few times in scripture, it says the just shall live by faith. So faith is not this optional thing. Faith is not, you know, you don't have the, the it's not a luxury. Faith is not something that, that we only pull out in tough times. The reality of it is, is God says this is the thing that you're actually supposed to live by. There's, it says in another place in Hebrews chapter 11, it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. It says faith is the substance of things hoped for. So when God speaks a word to you and, and somehow you begin to believe that word, that belief is faith and the belief is not simply belief. The belief has substance. In other words, your faith is the outcome of what he said. That's why you can never... <laughs> can I talk to you like this this morning? That's why you can never lose your faith, because if you ever lose your faith, you lose the thing. Because you think that there's a, there, there's a separation between the thing and faith, and there isn't. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. 
That's why in another place, the writer of the Hebrews said, don't cast away your confidence for therein there is great reward. So my reward is not what my faith produces. My reward is my faith. Oh, you got to catch that. Faith is it. And so if I have faith, I have it. But if I ever lose my faith, I don't have it. So the gift, the gift, God, there's a passage that talks about how God gives every man, to every man, a measure of faith. It's a gift, a measure of faith, because faith is how everything that God promises you is going to be accomplished. And you have to live by faith. You have to move by faith. Faith determines how you operate. It determines how you function. It determines what you speak. It determines what you pursue. It determines what you believe is real. It determines what you will accept and what you won't accept. This is a lifestyle. Getting ahead of myself. It is the, the lifestyle. This is not something you pick up on a tough day. It is how I live my life. I do not walk by sight. I walk by faith. Faith gives me new eyes. I, I, I see differently because I have faith. I don't see what everybody sees. I see what God has spoken to me and what he has caused me to believe. So when everyone is panicking, I'm not panicking because I see something. My faith allows me to perceive differently. Are, are you tracking with me? And, and, and God through Paul, is telling Timothy and you and I today that you got faith. I've given you something. And I've given you everything. Isn't that something? God can give you one thing that equals everything. Only God can do that. Can give you one thing that is everything. God doesn't have to give you the boo. He doesn't have to give you the money. He doesn't have to give you the healing. All he has to do is give you one thing. Faith! Because faith is everything it is the substance it is the substance I, I know I'm repeating it but you got to get this you got to get this faith is the substance of things hope for things hope for it is the evidence of things not seen that's why without it you can't please God because the blessing can't be released to you outside of your faith and God is not pleased when he cannot bless you God is not pleased when he cannot materialize what he knew before he put you in your mother's womb. It's not that he's mad at you. He thinks you're weak because you don't. It's not, nothing to do with that. He takes delight in seeing us do well. And so he is grieved when we are not connected to the gift that he gave us. It is the gift of faith. And this is what Paul is saying that Timothy has in him. Now, this gift of faith has to be stirred up. It has to be stirred up. That, that's an interesting word, that word stir. The word that was translated stir means to rekindle the fire. It has the idea of, of rekindling a fire. So, so just because I have it doesn't mean I am always experiencing it. It, it, it has to be stirred. And there are two primary ways that this gift of faith, which is everything, gets stirred. One is through spiritual disciplines. We all know that. But another way is through the fire. The fire outside of you 
is designed to rekindle the fire in you so that you can be everything that God has called you to be. Are you tracking with me? So some of you are going through things or will go through things or have gone through things because God is trying to set you on fire again. Oh, I need to say that better. I need to say that better. I need to say that better. There's a passage. You've seen it. It talks about lukewarm, being lukewarm or lukewarm believer or whatever. And, 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 you know, people use that as, a, you know, to, to judge Christians that, that, that don't live the way they live or whatever. It's really tricky. But at the end of the day, he's basically saying, you're supposed to be on fire. I feel the Holy Spirit. You're supposed to be lit, like for real lit, like, like seriously, not like in a real way. Like you, you were created to be fire at all times. And so, so this thing has to be stirred. Spiritual discipline stirred. But sometimes the type of fire, the type of passion, the type of power that you and I need to walk in certain seasons can only happen when God turns the heat up on the outside. Has anybody experienced the heat being turned up <laughs> just a little bit on the outside. And I, I wish I had a cooking analogy, but I don't cook. I, my wife were here. She would have one for you. I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't. But, but there's something about if you ever feel pressure outside, if you ever feel heat outside, do not mistake that for a season where you're going to be consumed. God is just stirring you. He is stirring his gift that's on the inside of you that he knows you're going to need. Because I believe, family, hear me prophetically. Denver, hear me clearly. I believe that we're moving into a season where the church has to be the church. She cannot be a cute little inspired club. She has to demonstrate the power and the glory of God. It is what it is. We're called to be lights. Come on, somebody. If you believe that, if you believe that, I'm telling you, we're moving into a time, family, where we have got to be the church. We have got to be the church. We cannot be the tails. We have to be the heads. God is bringing you into leadership, and if he has to light up your life, in order to stir you up he will do it in Jesus name I wish he would turn up the heat on some of you because there's a gift on the inside of you that this world needs if you know you got a gift shout at God this morning he needs you he needs you you got to get it today and you need you and God the master chef Knows how to cook you but not burn you. He knows how to turn it up. In a way. That will. Consume you inwardly but not outwardly. Oh I feel. Okay I see what today is. I see what today is. I see what today is. Today is a revival service. I, I see what today is. How bad do you want this thing? God wants to raise you up so you don't care what's going on in the world. You don't care about no virus. You don't care about no world. You don't care about no earthquakes. You don't care about a tornado because there's a tornado on the inside of you. There's a fire on the inside of you waiting to come out. If you believe it, worship God with me this morning.
This world ain't going down. The church is rising up. You better catch what I said. How bad do you want this thing? How bad do you want it? God, God put something in you. I swear he did. That's why you're here. Because there's something in you. And it's awesome. And it's wonderful. And it's powerful. And it's unstoppable. And by it, you can run through troops and leap over a wall. But it's got to come out of you. And it doesn't organically. Say, God, God buries the gift on the inside of you. I feel that. See, some of you, you've been walking with God, and it feels like nothing has been happening. Because you're looking around, and you're like, where is it? And the reality of it is you're looking in the wrong place. What did he say about the kingdom? He says, don't say the kingdom is over here. Look, see the kingdom over there. He said, the kingdom of heaven is where? It's within you. I feel this. This, this word is for, is for destiny people. It's for destiny people. You, you think that nothing has happened. And, 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 and the liar has convinced you that God has been doing nothing in your life. <laughs> And God has been doing everything in your life. He has been preparing you and equipping you and putting gifts in you and developing you and strengthening you. You're not the person you used to be. You can handle things now that would have wiped you out two years ago. Are you tracking with me? And one of the things that I'm learning about God, one of the things that I'm learning about God is that it is what he does in you that's everything. One of the things that I'm learning about the Lord is that, is that sometimes the greatest miracle is not in what God does for you, but what God does in you. Sometimes the greatest miracle is in the fact that God sustains you. Are, are you tracking with me? To, to be sustained means that you are something, that you have become something. The fact that you had the sense to get in your car and come to church today, come on somebody, and not be consumed with worry and fear means that God has been doing something on the inside of you. And so, and so I, I, I don't want to, I, I have gotten ahead of myself, but we're just talking today. I, I just kind of, I felt like today was going to be a day where we just talk, where I, I just prophesy, you just open up. I want to break something. Because, because there's something in the air, and if you don't recognize that you've got something in you, you will allow the air to suffocate the real you. Are you tracking with me? And so, I don't care how it gets stirred up, whether it's through your, your spiritual disciplines or through the fire, it doesn't matter how, but it has to happen in order to manifest you. Are you tracking with me? You know, I was thinking, creation has to grow. We're looking at things. Anybody been at least curious about what's going on in our world? At least just a little curious? Or you just, just I don't care. I'm just doing what you do. do, 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 do. <laughs> no, you got to at least be a little curious. What's going on? What's going on is creation is groaning. It's groaning. 
Because, 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 how can I put this? The moment is outgrowing itself. I, I'm going to say that better. I'm going to say that better. It, there, there comes a time, if you think about pregnancy, again, I feel very unqualified to talk about pregnancy. <laughs> but when you think about pregnancy, there is a time where what is happening inside of her is outgrowing the environment in which it is happening. Are you tracking with me? Where it's the baby just, the baby cannot stay there. The baby's growing, it's growing, and the environment can no longer contain it. And that's when the labor pains start because it is saying, I've got to get out of here because the time for the manifestation of me is here, is now. So that's what the earth is doing right now. The earth is saying, I can't stay like this. When you see all these things, these natural disasters, things that you can't explain, things that were not induced by man, they're things that are induced by God because God is saying that the earth that I form cannot stay, cannot remain the way it is. And when we look at Romans 8, 19, it says that when creation groans, it is eagerly awaiting the revealing of the children of God. Can I talk to you like this today? That, that's what's happening. So when you see a lot of things happening, don't say, oh, my God, what's going on? Say, what's going on inside of me? Because there should be a connection. Every time that the earth groans, you ought to hear your war cry. Oh, let me talk to you like that for a second. What is happening in the spirit is there is a war cry, a trumpet with your name on it is being blown saying it is time for you to be everything that God has created you to be. And anything that is keeping you from being you needs to be rid from your life immediately. Now is the time. I have never been more convinced that this is the hour of the church to now. I've never been more convinced. Never been more convinced. Because there's a gift in you. And if you sit on your gift, or if you allow fear, if you allow fear to mute you, because that's what fear is designed to do. If you allow fear to mute you, you will miss the whole thing. And it's like, it's just a culture of fear. I mean, every, everywhere you go, there's the corona this and COVID-19 that. And, and, and let me just go practical for a minute on you. I'm to be honest with you. So they got these kits that are, that are getting ready to hit a couple million kits, testing kits for, for COVID-19 or coronavirus, right? They got these kits that are, that are supposed to hit testing kits, couple million of them are supposed to hit this week, right? Now, what that's going to do is as people are tested because of the incubation period for this virus, it has like a two-week incubation period, which means that you can have it for two weeks and not know. So when all these people are tested, what you're going to see, first of all, is the number of infections is going to skyrocket. I'm telling you now, it's going to skyrocket, right? And it's going to seem like a crazy thing, but with that, you're also going to see the death rate shrink. Because the death rate 
is connected to a small sample of people. But the first thing you're going to see and what will be sensationalized by the news is widespread. Can I, can I, let's go practical for a minute. I'm, I'm telling you what's going to happen before it happens. It's going to skyrocket, but give it a second because the majority of the people that have passed away, it, it's, it's a small sample of people that were tested. So the, the ratios, the numbers are skewed. You understand what I'm saying? In other words, it's going to show that when, when it shows that more people have it, it's going to show that less people have the, the death rate. You understand what I'm saying? It's just math. But if you don't see it right, and if you don't read between the lines, you're going to freak out. So my concern with that and a whole bunch of other things that are happening in this world is that, that the spirit of fear is going to hit you and ultimately mute you. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. Paul is saying, first of all, there's something in you. And I need you to know it's in you because it was in your mama and your grandmama. And heck, if nothing else, I lay hands on you and I know what I got. And you've got it too. He says, now let me help you to understand what it is. It is not the spirit of fear. I want you to understand this. If the spirit of fear hits you, I want you to know it's not me. It is not what I gave you. He says, I didn't give you the spirit of fear, but this is what I gave you. This is what is in the gift. And all these things are the antithesis of fear. The first thing he says is I gave you power. Because if you are overtaken by a spirit of fear, it will weaken you. And that word power literally means force. So what I've given you makes you a force in the earth. And when you are a force in the earth, you stand up to stuff. You don't run from stuff. You stand up to stuff. You're not afraid of stuff. You say stuff needs to be afraid of me because I'm a force in God's name. Are you tracking with me? I'm a force in God's name. I'm a force. He says, I didn't give you the spirit of fear. God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power. Okay. Then he says, and of love. 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 We know that perfect love casts out fear. In other words, when I'm walking in who I truly am, I feel so loved that fear can't even hang out with me because my daddy loves me. My daddy's got me. He'll never leave me. He'll never forsake me. When I go through the waters, he'll be with me through the floods. They won't overtake me. They will never be a second in my existence when I am not loved. Love is powerful. When I know how God feels about me, it is impossible for me to be afraid. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is my shepherd. I have no lack. So, when I'm, so, so, so the way that I'm going to know that I'm walking in the right spirit is when I feel powerful. When I feel like a force. When I feel loved. And then he says a sound mind. And I'm going I'm to come back to that because... 
Because that, that's kind of deep, a sound mind. What, what does he mean by a sound mind? I'm just going to go there. I, I'm, I'm off my notes. Can I just do my thing today? Let me just, let me just do it the way I want to do it. But, but that sound mind thing is interesting because the, when it says sound mind, I, I studied that in the Greek, and it literally means to rein in or to curb the mind. A sound mind. So it's not simply... That, that you have a clear mind, that, that, that works, but it's deeper than that. that. That verb literally means to rein in or to curb the mind. Because when fear hits you, when fright hits you, your mind begins to go on this wild journey and this wild mission of coming up with all sorts of scenarios. Your mind just gets out of control when you're afraid. I feel it. People who struggle with anxiety, their mind is just going all over the place. You are just assuming every negative thing that can happen. And so he says, God didn't give you that spirit. The spirit that God gave you actually reigns in, puts a rain. It curbs your mind so that your mind, which is supposed to work for you, doesn't work against you. That's what the Spirit of God does. Spirit of God does brings your mind under control, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. See, and so when you see these symptoms, your mind is going all over the place. You got to remind yourself, no, 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 I got the gift. I got the gift. So I want to give you three disciplines really quickly. I think I've talked about most of them already. And then we're going to pray. I'm going to give you three, three disciplines that I believe will keep the gift of faith stirred on the inside of you. The gift of faith. I want you walking in faith. I want you talking in faith. I want you living in faith. I want you believing in faith. This, this is going to be the marker of those who truly know God. They're going to be known by their faith. They're going to be known because they're unshakable. They're unmovable. They see differently. They talk differently. They walk differently. Watch this. Even when things get shaky, they're still building. Because fear wants to make you stop building. Oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Fear wants to start, start making you watch this. Or you'll build, but you'll build from a place of fear, which means that you'll build for preservation and not progress. Are you tracking with me? Fear will make you stop building the kingdom. And God wants you to be like, like when you get a chance to study Nehemiah chapter 4. But God wants you to be like those, and they were building the wall, and the attack came because they were building the wall. And the desire of the enemy was to get them to stop building the wall. But they didn't stop building the wall. They just said a prayer. And had a shovel in one hand and a sword in another hand. They just changed up their strategy, but they kept on building. I feel that for some of you. There's some in this room, some under the sound of my voice, and you allow fear to make you stop building. You stop moving forward. See, it takes faith to move forward and to do everything that God has called you to do. And you can't walk in fear and faith at the same time. They don't work together. They are mutually exclusive. Fear and faith. 
And I believe that there's going to be a line drawn right down the middle and you're going to be able to clearly see who is moving by fear and who is moving by faith. The person moving by faith is going to have joy. The person moving by faith is going to have strength. The person moving by faith is going to have victory. The person who moves by faith, watch this, will lead. Will lead. You're going to see leadership emerge, new leadership. Because people are going to be looking for somebody with some faith. I feel the Holy Spirit of God. Someone who has a different commentary about things. Someone who is not. See, the masses are going to be afraid. Man, I wish I could talk to you the way I want to talk to you. The masses are going to be afraid. And where there is fear, there is a surrendering of control. Okay. <laughs> I'm telling you. Where there is fear. Well, I'm going to put it you this way. Romans says that God did not uh, cause us to. He said, he, Romans 8 and 14, he talked about. Um, oh, he didn't give us the spirit again of bondage to fear. Of bondage to fear of bondage to fear so fear puts us in bondage and God did not give us that spirit I feel that right there this is about your life this is about your security this is about your safety this is about your calling if you succumb to fear you're done you're done fear makes you desperate it makes you desperate you you, you do whatever and God didn't give you that spirit. Three things, three thoughts. And then we're going to pray. The first thing, and I mentioned it earlier, is you got to commit to faith as a lifestyle. As I said earlier, it's not just something you pull out when you're going through a tough time. Ask the Lord to teach you how to walk by faith. Oh, man, this could, I could be on this about two or three weeks. To walk, to Lord, show me how to believe what you said so much so that everything in my life moves toward it. Walk by faith as a lifestyle, as a life. This is what I do. I look for faith. I fear, I, I doubt the doubt. I suspect the fear. I feel it. And it is an incredible journey. I'll tell you right now, I got here by faith. There were none of you, none of you, when God spoke to me at first and said, do a church. There were none of you. Eh. I wasn't ordained. I know my background is business. I knew nothing about church, nothing. And God said, you're a pastor. No pastors in my family, no ministers, none of that stuff. You weren't there, but you were there. You know where you were? You were in my faith. You were in my faith. So as I, and, and there was so much connected to that. So as I said, okay, God, I believe, and I begin to walk in it as a lifestyle, for some of you, the best thing that you can have is nothing. Because it forces you to live by faith. 
Either I'm going to say, God, you're a liar, and then turn around and go back to nothing, or I've got to believe it. And it is a beautiful thing to see what God spoke unfold step by step. Faith has got to be a lifestyle. And, and the reason why I say one of the best things that you can have is nothing is because the problem with the lifestyle of faith is that when things begin to materialize, you start trusting in what is seen, not the invisible thing that is what caused you to produce what is seen. Everybody always needs to have something that God said is so that is not there yet so that you can exercise faith as a lifestyle to produce it. What has God told you that is yours that you do not have yet? That is the greatest blessing in your life right now because of what it produces. Man, I tell you, every time that God manifests something, I'm both happy and sad. Because if faith is a lifestyle, if faith, the word says that the just shall live by faith, then I actually need something invisible. So that the best part of me can be worked. I actually need for it to not be there. Because the moment that it materializes, it is no longer faith. And I need faith. It is what I connect to God. It, it is it, the invisible thing is everything. The word says that that. That the things that we see were created by the things that we don't see, which means that the things that we don't see are more real and true than the things that we do see. Faith has to be a lifestyle. Are you tracking with me? Every single day. What I want you to think about it. What has God told me that is not there yet? I want you to get into it. I want you to get into it. I want you to get with it. I want you to start building your life as if it was already done. I want you to start moving toward it. I want you to start speaking about it. Don't be afraid of what people will say. It has nothing to do with them. It is about you because I believe you're going to materialize it by moving toward it. So, so faith, I'm talking about stirring this gift. It's in you. You got it. You have the ability. Let me tell you something. God doesn't have to give you more faith. He's already given you faith. You just have to work the faith that he gave you. Got to work it. Okay? So, Commit, number one, commit to a lifestyle of faith. Number two, never give fear the final say. You can't keep fear from talking. Fear is going to roll up on you, and fear is going to introduce to you a narrative. There's no way around it. That's fine, whatever, as long as fear doesn't have the final say. When fear rolls up on you and it says something to you, you got to rebuke it and, and supplant what fear introduced with the truth. Don't let it have the final say. Because fear wants to weaken you. And ultimately what fear wants to do is it wants to sideline you. It wants to, to bring fright to you. Ooh. Never give fear the final say. You may have to adjust your strategy when necessary. So, again, if I might reference the Coronavirus, I'm washing my hands a little more than I did last week. I'm shaking less hands. 
than I did last week. I adjust my strategy, but I ain't scared. Hello, somebody. Never let fear have the final say. And lastly, number three, and this is the most important, I believe. You got to seek environments that feed your faith. You got to seek environments that feed your faith. Let me just be straight up with you right now. You can't find faith everywhere. You can't find faith everywhere. You can't find faith in every. It, it, it is a rare commodity. But you need it. And you can't just walk down the street. You can't go to the store and pick up some faith. Run a little low and go to CVS. And let me get some faith right over the aisle. And you can pick up faith in aisle four. No, it, it don't work like that. You, you, you have to be very intentional and, and, and self-aware about environments. What environments stir my faith? What environment stripped my faith right away from me? There's this passage of scripture, and it talks about not being unequally yoked with unbelievers, and, and, and you know, we get real religious with that, and we think that, that that is about, well, if you don't, people don't believe the way we believe, then don't be. No, no, it says, listen, look at what it says. It says unbelievers. This is about belief. So you can have somebody that believes in Christ and all that kind of stuff, but they don't have no faith. Hello, somebody. Religious is all outdoors. But when you tell them about your dream and what God has called you to do, they'd be like, well, have you prayed on that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Seek environments that, that feed your faith. You can't find faith everywhere. Faith environments are scarce. You have to be intentional and aware. What environments cause your dream to live on? And what environments, when you speak your dream, it seems your dream dwindles down to nothing in that environment. There are no amens for your dream in that environment. They just look at you strange. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pull my dream right back. And I'm going to try it out over here. Are you tracking with me? How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the rhema of God, the rhema of God. Every time that God speaks to you in this house, it is building your faith. When he speaks to you and you're watching some, some television show or listening to some podcast and the rhema of God comes to you, it's there. It's there to build your faith. Your, your faith can be found in testimonies. One of the number one things that I do, I read the scripture for, is to see what God did. I'm, I'm stirred up when, when, I, when I recognize that, that the children of Israel were out of options. Their enemies were, were chasing them, and, and they had no way to go, and God parted the Red Sea. I'm inspired when I read stories of old, but not just the testimonies in Scripture, but my own testimonies. Sometimes I have to go back and look over my life and remember what God did in 1985. And the testimonies of others. I'm getting ready to land this plane. Family, I believe with all of my heart, with all of my heart, that this is a season for us to, to lock into faith unlike ever before. Like, I mean, to fight, to, to violently 
lay hold of faith. Because fear is violent. I'm telling you, anxiety is violent. And every time that I scroll through my news app, and every time I just find myself on CNN or MSNBC or Fox News or whatever, there's just, it's almost like a spirit. And to be honest with you, there's money connected to it. There's money tied into your fear. There's control tied into it. And I believe with all of my heart, what God wants to do is he wants to stir up the gift of faith in each of us. This, this fire is coming to pull the fire out of you. And so what I want to do is I want to pray for you. And I want everybody to stand. Dimmer, stand with me. L.A., stand with me. I want to pray for you. Because God hasn't given you this spirit. And you're going to have to fight for it. You have to fight for it. And I want you to keep building. I want you to keep building. What were you working on before things got crazy? What were you pursuing before things got scary? You may have to switch up your strategy. But I want you to build. Get back to building. Don't let it throw you off. Same God. Different season, different year, different set of circumstances. Same God, same promises. Same promises. And his promises never fail. And the things that shake us in life have nothing. They're not strong enough to shake you outside of the promises of God. The bets are still on. There's a gift in you. And Paul told Timothy, and I'm telling you, to, you today, you got to stir it up. You got to stir it up. If you got to pray more, pray more. In this season, we probably should be praying more. It's not even so much that God needs to hear what we need because he already knows what we need, right? That's what scripture says. I don't think that prayer is for God. I think it's for us because the very act of prayer is faith. Because you're talking to a God you can't see, believing that that God who can't see has heard you, and believing that that God who can't see and heard you is going to answer your prayer. The whole act of faith is prayer. Pray more. Talk to God. One of the things I love about prayer is that you can never pray too small. And most importantly, you can never pray too big. God said, ask of me and I'll give you the nations. You may have to fast more. See, fear will make you think that you have to be up on every news article. F-O-M-O, -O, fear of missing out. I want some of you to fast from the news. Can I talk to you like this? I'm trying to, I want to clean you because fear environments contaminate you. They contaminate your heart, they contaminate your mind, and they will slow you down and ultimately render you non-functional. And you got to fight back against that. The church 
has to be so connected to the voice of God by any means necessary that the news has to come through what God said to you to be qualified. Are you tracking with me? If you're here and you've been struggling with fear, you've been struggling with anxiety, if you're honest, it has sidelined you a little bit from your dream. I want you to come and meet me here at the altar. I want to pray for you. Denver, if that's you, if you're here and you're hearing this and fear and anxiety has been your portion of late, I want you to come and meet me here at this altar. Come and meet me here. Come and meet me here. I want to pray for you. Paul told Timothy, and I'm telling you, God didn't give you that spirit. God gives you his spirit. You are of God. You are of his spirit, of God's person, of God's identity, of God's substance. And let me tell you something, fear is optional. I know sometimes it feels overwhelming, but fear is optional. It is an option. It is a choice. The presentation of fear you can't control, but what you do with it. And that's why that passage is there. God didn't give you that spirit. It is about identity. No, that's not you. Let me tell you what's you. Power, love, and a disciplined mind. A mind that has been reined in, a mind that is not out of control. Man, I feel this. And so we're going to pray and we're going to meditate on what God said. That's what we're going to rehearse. Our mind is going to work for us, not against us. How does your mind work for you and not against you? Your mind works for you when you meditate on the things that God said. Every time that a lie comes to you, and I believe that that fear is the introduction of a lie somewhere some alternative reality and here's the thing it's powerful because as a man thinks so is he so fear see see all of us have truth we're all governed by a truth right it doesn't have to be true but it's our truth and whatever that truth is will determine our reality so what fear does is fear is introducing and a false truth. And if you believe that false truth, you will have it. You'll have it. So what we have to do is when that false truth, when that false narrative comes our way, we have to first of all recognize, uh oh, wait, wait, wait. Something is in there. And then we have to ask God, what is the truth? There are some people, and within the past 48 hours, the liar has told you that you're going to die. I know it because he showed me it this morning before I got here. And I, if that's you, I declare to you right now that that's a lie. You're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. If I was your enemy and I knew that there was destiny on your life, 
and I knew that you were on the cusp of a breakthrough, I would make you think you're going to die too. The devil is a liar. You know how I know you're not going to die? Because you're alive right now. You're in the house of God. You're celebrating God. You're praising God. There's life all over you. There's life all over you. But we're in, we're, we're, we're in crazy times. Even the way they're playing up this thing is not even real. And I, 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 I got, I'm not going to do that conspiracy thing on you. Because this is not the place for it. It's not the place for it. But I, I just, I, I got a little feeling about it. That's why we got to be plugged into God. The Holy Spirit will not lie to you. It is the spirit of truth. And the Holy Spirit will lead you. I feel like, man, we're going to have to walk by faith. I'm telling you, man, we're, we're going to have to walk. Like, I, I, can't, I can't listen to that. I can't see that. I can't fool with you. I can't do that. God, speak to me. God, I'm just going to put myself in an environment where the only thing I hear is your voice. I'm going to get in your word. I'm going to study your word. I'm going to eat your word. I'm going to pray like never before. Because you got to protect this thing. And I'm going to stir up my gift. I feel the Holy Spirit. I'm going to stir up my gift. I got a gift. I got something. God didn't leave me weaponless. He didn't leave me without resources. I've got something. I've got something. I've got, there's something in me. There's something in me. Lift your hands. Father, we thank you. If you pray in the spirit, just go ahead. Come on, I'm just, I'm not apologizing for the Holy Spirit. If you pray in the spirit, just lift your voice right now. Come on, Denver, if that's you, you pray in the spirit, lift your voice in this house right now. Stir up the gift, stir up the gift. I'm tired of apologizing for the Holy Spirit. We do speak in tongues. We do drive out devils. We do heal the sick. We do raise the dead. We do release miracles. This is who we are. That's the gift. That's the gift. That's the gift. You've got a gift in you. You've got a gift in you. You've got a gift in you. You got a gift in you. Stir it up. Come on. Come on. Stir it up. Just begin to talk to God. Just begin to talk to God. Begin to bless Him. Begin to worship God. Begin to thank Him. Come on. Come on. Just in your own way. In your own way. What? Come on. Work. 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 Worship Him. Come on. In your own way. Come on. Stir it up. Come on, Denver. Stir it up. Come on, LA. Stir it up. Greater is He in you than he who was in the world. Stir it up. I'm greater than what's around me. I'm greater than what happened to me. I'm greater. This is how we fight our battles. We stir up the gift. We stir up the gift. We stir up the gift. That's how we fight our battles. That's how we push back. We say, I'm gifted. Divinely gifted. And the gifts and the callings of God 
or without repentance. He does not take them away. He does not take them away. I don't care where you've been or what you've been through. He doesn't take the gifts away. You're gifted. You're anointed. You're filled. You're blessed. You're powerful. Yes, you are. Hallelujah. It's the time of the church. 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 No more playing. No more apologizing. No more acquiescing. It's time to be. It's time to be. Jesus. Jesus was unapologetically himself. And because he was unapologetically himself, he healed all manner of sickness and disease. Because he was unapologetically himself, there was no evil spirit that could even hang out in his presence. I feel the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to stir up the gift. Be unapologetically saved. Be unapologetically filled with the Spirit of God. Be unapologetically prophetic. God has given you a word. Speak that word. Release that Release that word. If God has called you to do something, do it with joy. Do it with joy. Don't worry about, man, this people-pleasing stuff. The only person I want to please is the one with the power. And that's God. Unapologetically you. Because in this season, people are looking for the real thing. They don't care about your denomination. They care less about that. They don't care about your style of worship. They care less about that. Do you have faith? Do you have power? Are you gifted? Are you gifted? Are you gifted? The things happen. The, 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 am I moved when you're around? I love you, man. I want to jump down and lay hands on every single one of you. Jump, just jump through the, the camera and lay hands on everybody in Denver. Because God is doing something. So, Father, we thank you so much for this moment that you've brought us into, God. And, God, we receive this word right now. And, God, we want you to stir us up. Lord, we don't want show. We don't want fancy footwork. We want the real thing, God. Lord, we want, when we step out on the concrete, we want demons to tremble. We want sickness to flee. Hallelujah. God, when we walk through a place, God, we want your presence to sweep through places, God, and shift things and bring change. This is who you created us to be. We're the light of the world. And a city that's set on a hill cannot be hidden. So God, Lord, if there's anything in us that keeps us from being us, we lay it at this altar right now. We lay down fear right now. It's not our portion. We lay down anxiety right now. It's not our portion. Let me see if I can get it here. God, we believe that you've given us something. We believe that there's something in us. And we receive that right now. Receive that right now. 
Thank you, Jesus. Something is happening. I don't want to just cut it off. I feel like God wants to do something unusual in his house today. Unusual in his house today. I need you to get in on this. If you're here and you say, I want to be a part of what God's doing in this hour, get down to this altar. Come on, Denver, get down to this altar. Get down to this altar. LA, get down to this altar. I want to be a part of what God is doing. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Some people, and you're called in God's house today. You're called. You're called. God is breaking something right now. He's breaking lies and breaking fear. So, Father, I pray that you would move through these rooms. Move in the homes of those who are watching right now. Feel your presence so strong. I feel that gift being stirred up right now. That gift being stirred. It's in there. It's being stirred right now. And I pray, God, that you would lead us to places and environments that would cause that stirring God to to be all the more stirred. Relationships and people and situations, God. Return us to our first works. God, as the fire is being turned up outside of us, cause that to cause the fire on the inside of us to be all the hider. We thank you. We love you. I want you to repeat after me. Heavenly Father, I heard you today. And I receive what you said. I thank you for the gift that is within me. Stir up that gift, God, until it overflows. It can't be contained. And it must come forth. Holy Spirit, Spirit of the living God, fill me to the overflow baptize me with fire that I would be changed and never the same I thank you that these hands will be laid upon the sick and they will recover I thank you that these fingers are the fingers of God and they will drive out everything that is unclean I thank you that greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world I thank you God for Jesus thank you for making him who had no sin all of mine all of my weakness all of my limitations all of my shortcomings you placed in his body nailed it to the cross 
and put it to death. And just as he was raised up, because I'm in him, I'm raised up too. And I've got power, I've got love, I've got a sound mind, and I've got authority. I, I claim my authority, and I'll never be the same again. So God, use me in your service. Fire me up for your kingdom. Your kingdom come, your will be done in my life and through my life as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's just begin to praise God. Come on, LA. Come on, Denver. Let's begin to praise God like we know our God lives and our God reigns. Come on, somebody. Come on. Something is being stirred up right now. It's being stirred up right now. Come on. This is how we fight our battles. This is how we push back. Never the same again. Never the same again. Never the same. Never the same. Oh, God. Never the same. That's why you're here. That's why you're drawn to this movement. It's because of what's in you. And this movement speaks to what's in you. I'm not trying to inspire you for the sake of inspiration. I know what's in you. I know what's in you. And I'm committed, I'm committed to seeing what's in you grow up and come to full fruition. You're powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. You're more than what you think. You're powerful. You're powerful. You're powerful. There's destiny on you. Ministry on you. You're powerful. There's glory on you. You're powerful. You're powerful in your community. You're powerful in your family. You're powerful in your neighborhood. You're powerful. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. If you weren't powerful, you'd be somewhere else. You're powerful. I see you. Timothy just needed to be told what was in him. What was in him. And I'm just telling you, you got it. You got it. You got it. God doesn't have to give you anything else. He gave it to you already. He gave it to you. It's in you. It's in you. It's in you. And you got to know it. And when stuff feels crazy and stuff runs up on you, you got to keep saying, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And you got to walk in it every single day. Greater is he who is in me than he that is in the world. Greater is he who is in me. And just keep saying it. Keep saying it. That's the lifestyle of faith. Keep saying it. And as you say it, stuff's going to shift around you. I'm telling you. As you say it, things are going to move. When the, the sense of inadequacy comes upon you, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who is in me. Greater is he who is in me. When the world, sometimes life will feel like it's closing in on you. And when it does that, say, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. 
and keep walking. Champions are those who are just getting started when most people quit. You're just getting started. When most people experience the pressure, they quit. Champions recognize that that is a breakthrough opportunity. It's a breakthrough opportunity. This, it's in those moments where the real me stands up. Most of the time in life, when things are easy, it never creates an opportunity for the real you to emerge. I will never see the real you in comfort. I will never see the real you in comfort. Never. I will meet the real you when your back is against the wall. When the walls seem like they're closing in on you. That's when I'll meet the real you. And that's when you will meet the real you. Great people, great God people, realize that it's in the fire that the greatness comes out. We were, you know, we just got back from tour. We were in eight cities. And the very last night, and my wife, Pastor Sarah, who I told to stay home and rest today, she's watching. She, each, each city, the anointing increased. But what was happening in the natural was that she was getting sicker and sicker. And on the last night, I prayed for her before she went out there, and she wasn't feeling great at all. But we had this little inside dialogue, and we knew, you know you're going to tear it up tonight, right? Because the reality of it is we know that there are certain things that cannot come out of us. Unless the battle is fierce. Because the gift that is in us is designed to meet and to defeat the level of opposition that we face. So the level of opposition attracts the level of greatness that is in us. It cannot come out unless it is presented with an opportunity that, watch this, defines your greatness. Your greatness is not defined by easy circumstances. Your greatness is defined by what God will allow you to face. I wish I could say that better. God, if you would allow me to face this, what you are telling me is who I am. Because you will never allow me to face anything that is greater than me. So if the mountain is great and the battle is great, you just call me great. So great people rise to the level of the attack. You hearing what I'm saying? So don't mistake ease for God. Because oftentimes it is the exact opposite. 
faith says, if I'm in it, I've already overcome it. That's what faith says. God's not going to put you in a fight you can't win. What kind of God is that? Going to put you in a battle that you can't win? He would never do that. He puts us in battles that in him we have won already. And so all we have to do is stand. I love you. I spent all day with you. But I got to do this a couple more times. You hear what I'm saying? Stir it up. Stir it up. Are you going to have moments? Absolutely. What do you do in those moments? Stir it up. Stir it up. It's in there. It just has to be stirred. Stir it up. Stir it up. Pray. Stir it up. Use your gifts. If you pray in tongues, pray in tongues. If you don't pray in tongues, ask him. Why would he not give you that opportunity to edify yourself? It's not for some people. Tongues is for everybody. Now, you don't have to show off and be like, hey, I have that tongues. <laughs> and if you're uncomfortable doing it in public, that's fine. Do it in private, though. Do it under your breath. It edifies you. That's part of stirring yourself up. Praying in tongues. It's real. And all of it is yours. All the gifts are yours. God's not going to hold, you know what I mean? They all belong to you. So seal this word, seal this work in our hearts and our minds. And as we leave this place, when we go out of here, God, may we go stronger, may we go with more faith, more peace, where we not be shaken, tossed to and fro in the midst of what's going on, no matter what that is, may we stand flat-footed and say, greater is he who is in me. Greater is he who is in me. Greater is he, not just greater who is he, but greater is he who is in me. I'm connected.